Good morning, good Sunday morning, and good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time you choose to listen to this podcast. Now, this podcast is going to be about, are your friends and family still supportive after your recovery from a medical condition when when you was released from the hospital okay um i wish i could make it shorter than that i'll think of something but yeah something's been nagging me all day to make a podcast about this because um from my seven to eight month experience it sucks i want to let you know right here right now it sucks and um people out there need to realize that you're going to have supporters when you're in the hospital and when you're going through whatever it is you're going through. And when you get discharged, you may get, you know, fanfare, recovery and all that. But this is a big one. I need to put across. Over time, certain people are not going to be supportive like they was when the occurrence happened, you know what I'm saying? They will they will be there. They'll come through, talk to you, um, give you words of encouragement and all that. But then the fact that you're not what you used to be, you're not there for them for whatever reason you're there for, and you're you know, you're bed bound or incapacitated and you're not you're not 100. That's what I call it. Not 100. Now, my my personal um situation, I haven't been 100 for over seven months. My recovery from this brain bleed is depressing, you know. Um, and I will admit there were moments where I thought, I thought about suicide. I thought about wanted to hurt myself because you know I do suffer from manic depression I don't know what they categorize it now when I was 17 18 it was called manic depression depression back in the late 80s coming into the 90s now I think it's called bipolarism I may be wrong I may be right I gotta have to look it up but um yeah um people that say they're gonna be there and who show up and are there, they will be there. But the depressing thing about it is over time, it's it's going to be a burden on them. It's going to be a toll, you know. And I, I don't know if it's due to impatience or they just don't have the heart to see someone they care about so much to go through so much and it it it, it's a heavy burden the the person that's going through it has to realize there's people out there that don't have the stomach to watch somebody they care to care about suffer especially if they don't they feel like they they don't have much to do or they're not doing enough you know, my mother, for instance, I'm going to use my mother as a perfect example. She came down with Alzheimer's 
dementia. Um, next year, would you believe it would be 10 years? She came down with it in 2012, 2013. But before it got really bad, when she was working, there were her co-workers were like covering up her mistakes. And um, they couldn't do it anymore. After a while... My poor mom was called into HR and she was questioned about her work performance. And then they called her into early retirement. I wouldn't call it early retirement. My mother worked up until she was, can you believe it, 72. Yeah. She really did not want to be a homebody. I mean... My mother has been working at this very exclusive hospital. I don't want to mention name, but it's a very, very notable hospital. She's been there since before me and my sister was born. And, um, you know, what's sad about it is the way it ended. And you would think after so many years of dedicated service she gave this hospital, they would give her some you know, a, a, a party, a retirement party, or a send-off. No, she never got that. They talked about it, but she never got it. And then my mother's friends from the job, when my mother came down like this, over time they disappeared. And then it gets worse. Um, her family, you would think they would come through, and my mother comes from... A big family. I mean, she had like five sisters and three brothers. Three brothers. And they came in the beginning, and then over time, they stopped coming. So let that be an example of when you are going through a recovery process. It's a testimony of who is really going to be in your corner and who don't have the guts to be in your corner okay I watched my mother had a lot of friends and family all around her and over time they dropped off like flies they dropped off all my mother has is her children and her grandchildren right now or one at the moment you know and it's sad it's really sad and then I went through my ordeal, and I had a, a a supportive friend. It was two people, but one person I never met. The other one I known for almost this October would have been two years. And I don't know because of what I went through. Um, I don't think he was able to handle it. Um, I never got a visit. Um, I did get calls. And then over time, they stopped. He claimed he's going through stuff. Um, I don't know. So it's been over seven to eight months now. And what's sad about it is I'm not dead. I'm here. I survived something I could have been dead from. So to be alienated like this is totally unfair. And whenever this person decides to peek around and want to apologize or whatever um they better do it quick because when the new year comes i am not bringing in the new year with old baggage let's let me just say that i survived 
When I came home from the hospital, I wasn't able to walk good for over two months. Two, three months. I'm walking now, but now I'm having upper body discomfort and strain and stress and muscle weakness. It's driving me nuts. But you know what? I'm still here and I am not going to let those thoughts, those dark thoughts drag me into somewhere where, you know, I will never come back from, you know, but I'm just putting it out there that you just be prepared, be very prepared to lose friends, co-workers. I'm going to put it right there. Family too. I watched it with my mom. Family too. Not everybody's going to have the guts and the bravery to deal with somebody who is recovering with something intense. Okay. I'm, I'm, I have to put it out there because there's been a few times, even on my part, when I was okay, you know, I had a, a few people out I was close with and they went through a medical ordeal and this was years back. This was one person and I couldn't deal with it and I left him. We were supposed to get married and everything, but it it trickled down like this. He had something going on that was cancerous, possibly cancerous in his brain. He refused to get medical intervention for it. He was very stubborn. He was like, I don't want nobody digging around in my head and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, really? Wow. Okay. So, but yet you want to marry me? And then you have a possibility that you could only live for two years, but yet you want to marry me. So I got to marry somebody who's going to make me a widow in two years. That's what I was thinking at the time. And I was young and the, and the, the gentleman was older than me. So I left him, but guess what? He made me look stupid because to this day, and that was, I think 12 years ago. And to this day, he's doing well. He's alive. He married someone else and they are about to approach their 11th, maybe 10th or 11th anniversary. That could have been me. (laughs) But I'm going to be brutally honest. We wasn't compatible. I don't think it would have worked out. Um, He was not my soulmate. He wasn't. But... He showed me how foolish I was to pass judgment over someone who I thought was not going to do well, you know, medical-wise and um, recovery-wise. I mean, he just flat-out refused to get the the help that he needed. And I'm not going to marry somebody that has that mindset and then make me feel like, well, you know what? You marry me and I'm going to die and you're going to be a widow and you're going to have to deal with it. I'm like, I'm not signing up for that. That's just me. And then um, after him, a few years later, I met someone. And um, this gentleman, you know, had a series of medical issues. The first major medical issue scared me so bad to the point I was making my mind up to permanently walk away. Like I did my fiance before him years back. 
But something stopped me in my tracks and told me, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not fair. He can't help what he's going through. Just like the other one before. I mean, people will surprise you, believe me. What you think, you you may be making one of the biggest mistakes of your life. So, I eventually thought about it and breathed and calmed down. I said, you know what? I'm not going to walk away. Because if it happens to me, which it has this year, I wouldn't want it to be done to me. So, and then this person had a second medical issue. And this time, that second time, I didn't thought about walking away. I said to myself, okay, he will get better. And I will be supportive as much as I can. And um, now he's going through it the third time. And I don't, like I said, this must be a blessing for God because, you know, a part of me said, all right, this is the third time. I don't know if I could keep, keep going. But then something said, no, 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 you're not going to walk away. People heal. Wounds heal. Cuts heal. The Band-aid comes off and it's healed. I have to keep telling myself over and over and over again. That person is not going to be incapacitated. As long as they have the support and they know what they need to do on their part to get better and they work hard at it, you will see instantaneous results. And that's why I keep putting my head over and over again when it comes to this person and when it comes to myself and my mom. My mom came close to dying a few times since she's been like this with the Alzheimer's. She had more than one stroke. And my mother is a fighter because with all that she went through, she's still here. She was on hospice. She just got off it before the summer started, like around in June, June or July. And around that time, the hospice, she was on hospice for a whole year. She was only supposed to be on that until whatever they felt that, you know, she would go on and pass on. And she didn't. She's still here. My mother is still here. I mean, she's incapacitated, but she's still here. So my mother's a testimony of not to give up on both parts, you know. So, yeah, I just need to put that across because um, it's been weighing on my mind very heavy yesterday and something told me, make a podcast about it. Let people know what it's like to recover and what kind of friends and family will be your support system and how long will they be there when they say they're going to be there? Well, I'm just giving you a heads up. You will be surprised. All right. I had to watch my mother lose a lot of people. Me, I never had a lot of friends anyway. I have a few associates because, you know, I, I keep my circle very, very small, you know, and even the, the smallest of circles can disappear into nothing. But, yeah, I just need to put that across. So, 
enjoy whatever time frame of the day you are and I will end this here good afternoon good morning good evening and good night okay this is gonna be an intense and dark podcast because I've been fighting with this for the majority of this year and I have two more months left and I really don't know what's going to be in store for me for those next two months. This podcast is going to be about dark thoughts. All right. Now, what I mean, um, dark thoughts, I'm talking about like anxiety with the way the world is today and depression. Um, I'm suffering with both. Now, since my brain bleed situation back in February, I have not been my same self. I have been totally, like, I feel like I've been, like, traumatized and changed, you know. And... My support system within my family is very lackluster. You know, in the beginning, they were there. They were there. Um, but as time went on, I don't know. I don't think they understand what I'm physically going through. And I feel like they treated me like I've gone back to normal. Oh, I'm out the hospital and I'm 100. And... I have been constantly sound like a broken record with each and every family member involved since I came home telling them the same thing. I am not 100. Now, now I'm starting to think maybe I should make this podcast I am not 100 or dark thoughts or both. I don't know. I'll think of a title for this. But um, I have not feel, <clears throat> excuse me, I have not been, um, I haven't been feeling my normal self. Um, my process is taking longer, like I mentioned before, and it's very uncomfortable, you know, and it's very disconcerting, and I don't have a lot of friends. And that's my choice. Um, I keep my circle very small, very tight. um, Because, and I know people wondering why. Because I had a lot of bad, bad situations in my past with girlfriends and friends. And literally by the time I got to my, um, I would say late 30s, early 40s, I just said enough. I'm not wearing my heart on my sleeve for people anymore. I'm just going to keep people at a distance and just have associates because it takes me literally two years to get over a friendship, a female friendship. Now, males is different, you know. Um, Sometimes I feel like I can deal with males a little bit better, but then sometimes they put me through stuff too. Like there's a particular person this year and, you know, I'm already making ultimatums. Because come New Year, 
2023, I'm not dragging any nonsense that's been dragging me down this year into the new year. And I'm dead serious. I'm I'm not joking. You know, I mean, I don't understand people how you're going to call me a friend, but then alienate me and just throw me to the wind. And then, you know what's going to be really screwed up? God forbid if I die. God forbid if I passed away, which I nearly did this year. Those same people that call me friend, how would they be able to deal with that? How would they wake up every morning with that on their conscience? Knowing that someone that they say they care about, they love and all that is just gone. They're not going to see them in the flesh anymore. They're gone. You know, I mean, people really seriously need to take that quote about life is short, really serious because life is really short. Look at Leslie Jordan. Perfect example. I just watched that man on the Jennifer Hudson show. And I've been a fan of his since American Horror Story. I didn't really watch Will and Grace, but I am Definitely a fan of American Horror Story. He is amazing. And then when I heard how he died, I'm still, like, befuddled. But then, I don't know, they said something about he had an, uh, like, I think he had a health problem. He didn't fully took serious and addressed. And um, that's what I... I, I I saw on some talk show this morning that he had a health problem. He didn't take it serious. And he lay by the wayside. He had a doctor's appointment. He didn't follow up. Something like that. And that's what attributed to his passing this Monday. And that's that's another scary thing, too. You know, we really got to take our health serious. I mean, we can't put it put it on the back burner. I mean, I I I can contest. I've done it, too. Maybe that's what happened to me. That's not maybe, but that's what happened to me this February. I'm, I wasn't really taking care of myself. I wasn't seeing the doctor regularly. So take notes, people. Um, but yeah, the reason why I'm making this podcast because I just feel super alone, you know. And I know people are like, well, you want to be alone. You don't have a lot of friends around you. I know, I know, I know. I know that. I know that, but um, sometimes I have so much on my mind, and I either hold it in, or I'd air it out here, or there's a friend I talk about it, you know, through an app. I text when my fingers are able to let me text, or I talk like I'm doing right now. So it's not easy, you know. Um, I have a sister. I don't know how to talk to her anymore. After my son died, I mean, we started talking again. And that's sad because before my son passed, we wasn't talking for three years. And that was because of our mother coming down with Alzheimer's. And that kind of drifted the family apart. A lot of fighting, a lot of arguing, a lot of misunderstanding, you know. I mean, it it really, really kind of messed up our sisterhood. And, um, then my son passes away and my daughter, I'm thinking she's okay. Come to notice for the last five years. She really hasn't. 
I don't think she, I, I, her way of coping is, is a myriad of negative things, you know, the way she acts out. And she's 19. She's, you know, she's been an adult for well over a year and a half. She finished high school finally, but she still have a lot of soul searching. And, um, the one thing I want to put across to her is this, she only has one mother. All right, and when you go through your monthly hormonal, and I'm not going to say what it is, but any woman know what I'm talking about. (laughs) When you go through your situation once a month, you need to try to meditate, take deep breaths, and watch your words, and watch your actions, and even watch the things you want to argue about. And the reason why I'm going to state that, I'm going to say it right now. You're going to, people are going to laugh about this, but me and my daughter got into an argument over Etamin Halloween cookies. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Etamin Halloween cookies. All right. Now, I've bought those cookies on and off since my kids were small. And, you know, my daughter keeping the tradition, she will buy them too around this time. She bought a box. Um, I have a sweet tooth. And I think, you know, like that monthly thing I don't want to mention. Um, before it comes, sometimes I have a craving for chocolate. I love chocolate. And the back of those cookies have chocolate. And I <laughs> I just ate a box. I don't know if I ate the box because of that or because I'm depressed, because I do suffer from depression. But I did. And this was before Halloween. This was, I would say, the two, last two weeks of September. Now, she had a bit of a, uh, I would say, argument with me about it. A small one. I laughed it off. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? So, I laughed it off. That's the first argument. Now, the second time she bought these cookies. Again, this time she bought two boxes. All right? One for her, she said, well, for the house, and then one for me. Now, they were kind of stale, but I still like them anyway. Yes, I'm for shakity. I'm the same way with my Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It's like, um, I would love them better when they're fresh. I can tell what it's stale. That's me. Call me bougie. I don't care. But anyway, that's how I am with my chocolate. So, I, you know, went in on the cookies. I didn't eat them in all in one setting. It was like a day or two or three. Then the second box was there and I happened to see some. I see them. And I took a few. And I left it. Tell me why this 19-year-old girl comes in my room. And want to have a hallelujah moment about a discussion about those cookies again. Now this is second argument, ladies and gentlemen. Second argument. I looked at her. I'm like, I know you're not standing in front of me having to argue with me over cookies. I know you're not doing that. And she was serious. You would think the way she go on, you would think somebody stole her Gucci purse or her Birkin bag the way she going. And took everything out of it and kept it for themselves. This is a box of Etamin Halloween cookies. Yes, they're hard to get now because we're approaching Halloween. I told her this. 
if you're going to keep this going, I will not talk to you for a whole week. I'm dead serious, people. Because that's my way of dealing with high negativity and, you know, the, the whole argument. Because she had me screaming. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have hypertension. I'm hypertensive. That's what happened to me back in February. I'm trying not to get back there in the hospital. She wanted to yell and scream at me. She got me so tight and so crazed. I had to make, make, make her leave, close the door. And I was screaming behind the door. And I had to calm down. And then from that, that was a Saturday. I I did not talk to her. From that Saturday, the rest of the Saturday evening, I didn't talk to her Sunday. I didn't talk to her Monday. I didn't talk to her Tuesday. I didn't talk to her Wednesday. I didn't talk to her Thursday. Yes, I know people are like, what? Yes, I don't play. If you're going to have me screaming and yelling to the point where, God forbid, I have to go back into the ER... I don't want to talk to you. That's me. That's how I dealt with. That's how I deal with things. Because when I was younger, I did all that screaming stuff. You know what that screaming stuff used to do to me? I would be shaking. I'd be getting headaches. Very bad headaches. Um, my heart going crazy and all that. And I noticed as I got older, I can't. I can't afford to do that anymore. So I just shun people. I just box them out. Yes, this is my daughter, but she needs to learn. And let me tell you something. God forbid if she puts me through that again, it won't be a week. It'll be two. It'll be three weeks. It'll be a month. I don't play. That includes family. I don't play. This is my health. Whatever you got going on in your life, get, fix it. Don't take it out on me. I'm not a dartboard. I'm not a punching bag. If you're going to yell and scream at me and make me feel worse than I'm already feeling already in my life at the moment, I will alienate you. I will totally treat you like you're not even there. You're Casper. For whatever amount of time I want you to be Casper, you are it. I will not see you. I will not hear you. I will not talk to you. I will not acknowledge you. This is me. I'm fighting to be alive. There are days I'm thinking about taking my own life. I'm thinking about suicide. I, I, I'm going to tell you people right now, and I don't, I'm not proud of this, but I've been thinking about taking my life. This is October. I would say I started up thinking about those bad thoughts. I would say around June, June to now. I've been thinking about it on and off, you know. And like I said, my support system sucks, you know. Now I know people are like, oh, your father. Let me tell you something about my father. <sighs> he has a drinking problem, and he's he's almost eighty, and. From years and years of drinking. My father's been drinking since he was 15. He's about 78, 79 now. Do you know what the human brain goes through with continuous drinking from the time you're a teenager and you're about to hit 80? It's called alcoholic dementia. Look it up. There, if anybody's into shameless... 
this is a cable um, TV show series. They ended, I think, last year, right? The final episode, the final season, rather, of Shameless, the father, Frank, Frank had a drinking problem. He had a drug and drinking problem. And towards the end of the season, he was diagnosed with alcoholic dementia. And it dawned on me that, you know, I think my father's going through that right now because he's been forgetting a lot. There's times when he forgets certain days of the week. This man has lost um, car keys, <sighs> paycheck books. Yeah, he's literally doing what mom did until she got to the point where she's bedridden right now. She doesn't talk. And she can't do anything for herself. But see, my father is my father is increasing it with the alcohol. And I know y'all must be thinking, oh well, he has to stop. He can't stop. When you've been drinking as long as he has been drinking, if he stopped, it's a possibility he could die. So yeah, that's what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a lot of people. I'm dealing with a um my daughter who's going through it. My sister, I I just don't know anymore where her brain is going. I don't know anymore. I'm tired of fighting, arguing with her. I don't even want to fight and argue with her anymore. In my opinion, she's secretly trying to run away from everybody. Because she's being overwhelmed. I get it. Trying to take care of our parents, especially our mom, is a lot. And then by me, having what I had happened to me earlier this year... That is another load to be put on her shoulders. I get it. But at least she's able to get on the plane and travel and go places, you know. But meanwhile, I'm stuck here wondering, am I going to live next month? Um, what will, What do I have to fight to keep me alive, you know. And um, I hate saying this, but um. Sometimes I think about what it will be like to see my son again because that's how far gone my brain, my mind can go. I'd be thinking about that. I'd be thinking about is where my son is better than where I am right now because where I am right now, I'm not happy. And I, I'm just sick and tired of constantly thinking about, um, you know, wondering if this is it, this is it, this is it. There was a time I was a little bit happy last year I was. But this year, mm -mm. no. I've been thinking about ending it on and off too much. And yeah, I'm announced that. I'm not keeping it in anymore because God forbid if anything happens to me, you know. <laughs> Everybody will know. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I know a lot of people that, oh, you got a lot, a lot to live for. Ugh. You have a lot to live for. And I'm going to be like, um, what do I have a lot to live for? My son passed away. It's this August, made it five years. My daughter is just out of control. I, I, you know, she was going through something earlier this year. She had a friendship. She had a best friend for over... I would say three, four years. 
that stopped because of some foolishness, you would think they will make up by now, but no. And that girl that chose no longer to be my daughter's friend, all she's doing now is talking bad about her online. <laughs> Four years of friendship down the toilet just to talk garbage about her on Snapchat. And God knows what other platform, platform she's out there on. It, it, it's a lot, you know. It's a lot. I'm fighting with a lot of people. I am. And I don't know what's keeping me here. I really don't, you know. But I'm fighting, just like my mom. My mom was, um, <laughs> she was on hospice and she was taking off. So I guess I'm taking after her. I'm hoping that God next month be better and the month after. Because I just don't know anymore. I seriously don't know anymore. But anyway, um, I don't want to keep this going past 21. I mean, it's already up to 20. So I will end it here. 